automakers are giving consumers a variety of engine choices these days. And no group watches it more closely than Ward's Auto. Today we hear about its 10 best engine choices for 2017 from three of the editors who selected them. Coming up next on AutoLine This Week. And now, here's your host, John McElroy. I want to thank you all for joining us on AutoLine This Week. You know, when you drive a car, it has to have an engine in it. But what are the best engines out there? Well, every year the editors from Ward's Auto get together, evaluate all the engines that are out there in the marketplace, and they come up with their 10 best. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, the latest 10 best list. And joining us for today's discussion are Tom Murphy, Drew Winter, and Bob Gritzinger, all from Ward's Auto. And great to have you back, guys. Thanks. Great to, be, to be here. You know, when I look at this year's list of the 10 best, and we'll get into them all, Two things jump out at me. Either they're all turbocharged or they're all engines that are used in hybrids. Is, is this a trend? What's going on here? That's what we're seeing. We're, you know, we're finding that the automakers are spending their money either on hybrids and plug-ins or else on downsized turbo engines. And this list really shows it. I mean, we had 40 powertrains that we evaluated. So that's including the gas and three diesel engines and then all of the electrified vehicles as well. Uh, we had 11 electrified vehicles in the competition, which we've never had that many. When, when you say electrified, is that a plug-in it, hybrid? It's a hybrid, it's a plug-in hybrid, and it's a straight EV. Pure electric. Yeah. You also notice there's not a V8 on the list. <laughs> there's another trend, oh, yeah, Todd. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we only had yeah. two in the running, while we had 25 four-cylinders, 16 of them turbos. Okay, so, so when you go to evaluate all these different things, plug-ins, diesels, V8s, four-cylinders, turbo, non-turbo, how do you evaluate? Oh, what's the process here? Well, how do you turn? You know, how does it turn the wheels? How well does it does it satisfy your need to get from point A to point B? And we're not just looking for basic transportation, but you know, we we separate the winners from the losers based on you know, it's 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 a seat of pants feel. We can tell. Yes, we look at the specs. We look at the horsepower and the torque numbers and compression ratios and fuel economy. Observed fuel economy, especially, does it match or? or beat, in some cases, the EPA ratings. But, you know, you've said this before on your show, you, there's that 100-yard test where you can tell in, in the first 100 yards, is this going to be in the hunt or is it going to be kind of an also-ran or, you know, are you going to be disappointed by it? So, you know, you can almost kind of make a snap judgment. Then, you, you know, you need to drive it more. You need to take it to the high RPM levels. You need to see what it's like at idle. How quiet is it at idle? You know, you're, we, we just have our, you know, we all have our own little cycles that we like to run through so that you're comparing apples to apples. But the, the big question we ask is, does this engine really help sell the car? You know, or does this powertrain help sell the car? And, and you know, you, you, whether you're talking about a, you know, Mustang GT350 with that, that, that glorious V8 really sells the car. But it also, the, the powertrain of a Prius or of a Tesla, that really sells the car too. You know, it's just... Uh, uh, that that's where the powertrain plays a really important role in the in the in the, in the, the vehicle brand and and everything else. And then there's then there's technical relevance. You know, it, does it bring something new to the table? And then I think you guys would agree. Does what it brings new uh, uh, solve a problem? Answer a question? Uh, make a, a better powertrain? And sometimes it doesn't, and it drops off the list. Sometimes it's clear that that innovation works. And there are 
many of those on our list this year. Yep. And, and we also we don't want it to be a, we don't want it to be a buff book list. We don't want to be at an environmental, you know, uh, uh, a green list. It, 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 we want something to be that really sort of reflects the, the marketplace as it exists now. And there's a price cap, $62,000 this year. Uh, that, that's base price. So you can For the vehicle, not for the engine. Yeah. <laughs> for the vehicle. So everything has to be under 62000 And that ensures that we have a fairly democratic list that, you know, it's not all performance cars. Um, that, that we have a mixture. And this year's list really shows kind of the separation in the market in terms of where the money's been spent. We've got four kind of eco players on the list, and then we've got the four kind of performance turbos, and then there's two in the middle that are kind of, uh, you know, what I would describe as, as bread and butter kind of mainstream type powertrains. In the Mazda CX-9, for instance, that's one of them. Mm-hmm. Was it hard? I mean, I, first of all, I'm impressed. You start with 40 engines, and then you've got to whittle it down to the, the top 10. Is that hard, or is there a, such a widespread it's easy to chop a bunch off? It's, it's horrible. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's tough. We split them into categories, sort of. I mean, not, there isn't a, you know, a winner for the economy car or you know, the best hybrid. But in our own kind of categorization of all the entries, we kind of cluster them together. So, like, for instance, uh, you know, the Hyundai Elantra Eco made the list. It's a 1.4-liter turbo. Well, GM also has the Chevy Cruze with, this, with also a 1.4 turbo that's very good. Um, we thought the Elantra, well, you know, it had better fuel economy, observed. Um, and, but still, the NVH was really good for both of those. So, you know, in that case, it was, it was basically the fuel economy that broke the tie. I mean, the real warfare was two-liter turbos. Yeah. We had so many of them yep. and across the range and you can argue back and forth on the merits of this one against that one. They're there all are really a good. few that, all really, that really rose to the top I think and then there were there were many many that you know it, it came down to fuel economy or technical relevance yeah. or you know, a turbo lag, some small thing that mm-hmm. held it back a little bit, knocked off a few points. Were there any where you just went, this is hopeless, these guys have no chance at all? I mean, or would you say that everything out there is actually pretty good? Yeah, I think everything out there is pretty good. There are some that, um, you know, that it, it just doesn't seem like it's a good application or something like that. But, but you know, I wanted to mention to your point earlier, you know, we, we've been doing this for 23 years. And you know how the industry, it, it used to be, you know, automakers would keep the same engine for eight years or whatever. Now the product cycle turns right over and there are so many new engines and powertrains being introduced every year. I mean, we started out with... with uh, uh, four cylinders, you know, sixes and V8s, and now we've got hybrids, plug-ins, EVs, fuel cell vehicles. I mean, just the, the, the variety and the number of engines and the changeover and the new technology is just, just really Not only that, the, the engines that were new last year are being renewed this year. So, for instance, you know, the Volvo V60 Polestar, two-liter turbocharged and supercharged. Well, that engine made our list last year in the XC90, and it was making 316 horsepower. In this new Polestar application, 362 horsepower. That's 181 horsepower per liter. I mean, have you ever heard a specific output like that in kind of a mainstream Not vehicle? Not in a mainstream car. Yeah, no. so it's, you know, that to us was like, that's a game changer. You know, that's, well, that's what we're looking for. Further to that point of the, this changeover is, you know, we bring back 
the 10 that won last year, and only one of them carried over to this year, correct? Well, only, yeah, only the Chevy Volt carried over in its exact form. Yeah. Last year we also had, like I say, that Volvo engine uh, made the list last year, but it's been improved. So we didn't take the returning winner, we took the improved one. Right. See, this is incredible for me to hear this, because you're right, Tom, you know, in years past, engines didn't change yeah. that much, or it was years before they changed. To have it go from Small one year to the Chevy. next is incredible, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But, well, let's jump into some of these engines. I'm sure, sure the audience is curious. So let's start uh, with the top of what I got on this list, this uh, uh, BMW 3-liter uh, turbocharged yep. inline six. Exactly. There's still hope for inline yeah. sixes, huh? Oh, man. Might be the last Bavaria, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and it's also worth noting, those 10 engines are not ranked one to 10. Number 10 is as valuable as number one, so they're all just alphabetically listed there. But yes, the BMW M240i uh, has, has this B58 inline six turbo, which, you know, to Bob's point, yes, it's a returning winner, but it's been improved. So last year it was making 320 horsepower, now it's making 335 horsepower, you know, in this M240i. So a smaller package, you know, the two series coupe, and it, it just, uh, it's, it's amazing how, how smooth it is. There were two really good BMW inline six turbos in the competition, the other one in the M2. Um, similar engines, but the M2 makes more horsepower, but it suffers in fuel economy. So, so that was our pick. We, you know, we really liked, liked you know, the idea of getting 25, 26 miles per gallon in this wonderful M240i, and that's why it made the list. And inline sixes really are the perfect architecture for an engine. Perfect balance. They sound great. They're efficient. Everything. It just, it's all now. It's a packaging now with with pedestrian protection rules and all these other things that are the engines. Inline sixes are a little too tall. They don't package well. So most automakers have gone away from them. But from a pure engine standpoint. They are just the best. They're perfect, but they're going away. Yeah. 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 Bob, let's start Unless with you on. Slant six comes back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's sort of like an inside joke about. Yeah. But we won't even explain that. Okay. Next one on the list, Bob. You talk about this. Uh, the engine in the Chevy Volt uh, hybrid. Yeah. The the uh, extended range EV Chevy Volt is. This is a returning winner. Uh, we love the improvements that they've made in terms of range. It's now up to 53 miles of electric range. So uh, you're looking at the, the whole package, yeah, not, right. not just the, no, just the, the internal combustion engine. Propulsion system. No, the propulsion You know, they, they upgraded the, uh, the four-cylinder from a 1.4 to a 1.5, I believe. And, um, but, but the main thing is they really beefed up the, the power output of the whole system. So it goes from being really quick to being super quick yeah. for what is essentially a green vehicle. So uh, for, th for that reason alone, uh, I felt like it needed to be back on the list. It remains a game changer. What I, what I, go, sorry, no, go ahead, Drew. Super yeah. green vehicle, super fun to drive. Yeah, also an important note too is uh, the, the prior Volt had to use premium gasoline. Mm -hmm. The new one can use regular. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so Drew, let's get you talking about uh, something here, this uh, Ford Focus RS. Yeah. You know, we, we've gone from the, the plug-in hybrid to a pure performance yeah, car. Yeah, the most fun, I think probably the most fun car we had in of, of everyone. Why so? Like super fast. I mean, uh, 
you know, it's it's you've got all this horsepower coming out of a you know three hundred and fifty to be exact three hundred and fifty horsepower V eight numbers out, you know out, yeah. out of a you know a, a small four cylinder all wheel drive small light car um, but uh, thing makes great sounds affordable you know is is and and uh, just you have just it's a great package in terms of uh, you know a, a, a compact performance engine makes tons of power. Sounds great, lots of fun, you know, what's not to like? What's not to like? No, you're right. And, and the RS, too, almost has a cult following. Not yeah. as well known in the U.S. market. It's, it's kind of new to the U.S. Yeah. But elsewhere in the world, Europe especially, I mean, people almost yeah. get down on their knees and bow to the RS. Well, places where they follow rally car series and all of that, this car is, you know, the gold standard. And, and this is another case where the power of that small engine really, really is sells the car. You know? And that was an engine that we tested in the Mustang because that, you know, a version of that 2.3 liter four-cylinder was, you know, the first time that we've seen a modern Mustang with a, with a you know, with a four-cylinder turbo. And um, it, it was good, but now they've cranked up the horsepower and they put a larger turbocharger on it. They reinforced all the parts. Yeah, larger bore exhaust. And so it's, it's a totally different experience with that engine now compared to, you know, if you'd bought a Mustang a couple of years ago. Okay, that. well, let's swing to the other side of the yeah. pendulum again. Tom, what about the, the Chrysler Pacifica Hybrid? Yeah, yeah, loved it. Uh, you know, I found it astounding to be driving 30 to 38 miles per gallon and that was after you had burned through your electric range. So, you know, there. So, so it's like the Chevy Volt. It is. It's a plug-in hybrid, so yeah. you can plug it into your wall socket at home, or if you have a level two charger, I think it'll charge in two or three hours, mm-hmm. uh, and it'll give you thirty. What is it? What's the latest number? Thirty-three. 30, the, Thirty-three yeah. miles of range, which is decent, all electric yeah. by yeah. today's standards, yeah, especially yeah, for decent. that large of a vehicle. Yeah, yeah for a full size. And depending on the weather, you're going to burn through that range at different rates. You know, the colder it is, you're going to you know, use up the go more quickly faster. through it. But even after you do burn through that, that's that was that to me was the clincher that it still is alternating between gas and electric after you've burned through the you know through the pure electric range because it's 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 putting enough juice back into the battery so that it will let you at a stoplight shut off the gas engine or when you're decelerating shut off the gas engine and i found it very smooth switching between gas and electric and 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 the point is though a lot of people with their daily commutes are only you know 30 40 miles so and 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 a lot of people could could commute and drive the car every day and probably not burn hardly any gas run all the errands yeah well and and we both get to drive it out west in prime conditions for it and it it met all of the objectives the range uh and you know and again once you're off of pure ev driving 30 plus 35 miles per gallon in a seven passenger minivan is a pretty is very good pretty strong number yeah i think uh they're saying if you constantly plug it in and use it that way you get the equivalent of 80 miles to the gallon 84 84 yeah 84 and a 566 mile overall range so, you know, uh, that's Nebraska, mm-hmm. yeah, from here. So. <laughs> Drew, let's talk about the, the Hyundai Elantra Echo. Yeah, it's, um, this is, uh, I think, the most inexpensive um, car on our list. And um, what it features is you've got a very small engine and a very advanced seven-speed DCT transmission. Now, typically, you know, a, a dual-clutch transmission is something you're going to see in a, you know, a pretty expensive car, a luxury car, whatever. And this uses 
Um, you know, small turbocharged engine combination with a, a great transmission to, to, to deliver really, really great fuel economy, almost like a hybrid, only it's, you know, it's uh, just a, a simple four-cylinder. Yeah. Some of us beat 40 miles per gallon, which, you know, the EPA sticker says 40 miles per gallon on the highway. Some of us actually beat that number in our, you know, in our test drives. And, yeah, sticker is $21,600 out the door, well-equipped, not, not a, you know, real basic car. So here's an engine that could be, you know, within reach of most car buyers, yeah. if not all car, Absolutely. new car buyers, certainly. Very advanced, very efficient. Hmm. Very interesting. <laughs> okay, uh, Bob, Honda Accord Hybrid. This was uh, a car that you could get in and not know that it was a hybrid. I mean, other than maybe some, some CVT, and Honda does a really good CVT, so it's, it's very smooth. Um, very seamless, and and that was one of the reactions of of our crew was yeah. uh, you get hybrid uh, mileage without even knowing without you're even knowing you're driving a hybrid, yeah. and I mean really high hybrid mileage, 47, 48 miles per gallon. A bunch of us were getting routinely. I mean, now that's not as good as a Prius, but this is a bigger no, car than the bigger Prius. Car and, it's a, and it's a nicer. I mean, I think the well NVH compared to the Prius is is quite a bit better. Right. The, the switching between gas and electric is is almost seamless. So what do you what, uh, what do you guys mean when you say you can't even tell it's a hybrid? Well, we can go back a few years to whenever you drove a hybrid, you knew it just driving at steady state on the freeway because it was pulsating, sort of felt like you were Get rocking in a boat or something, where one, uh, the out, or where the, the electric would jump in with the gas engine and you would feel that pulsation. Or conversely, driving in electric mode and the engine comes in and it slams in and there's a lot of noise and... Uh, off you go, but it's not a seamless, smooth transition. They are really getting the stuff down now. And, and it's also using the CVT that Honda, as far as I'm concerned, Honda has the, has the best CVT out there. They make it in-house. Uh, well, yeah. yes, they do. They and, right. and especially it's, it's, you know, it's in a car the size of the Accord, so you're not used to CVTs being that smooth um, in in cars that size and working with this hybrid system, it's it really is very impressive. It it was the highest scoring in our rankings. It was the highest scoring hybrid. Of, I mean, of any of the hybrids or plugins, any of the electric uh, you know electrified vehicles, it was definitely the highest scoring. Tom, keep going. Let's talk about the Infiniti Q50. Yeah, Ooh, um, let's talk about the Infiniti Q50. <laughs> Twin turbo, three liter V6, making 400 horsepower, 350 pound feet of torque. I mean, just insane power. Uh, and think about, you know, 400 horsepower is beating a lot of the V8s that are out in the market today. Um, this engine went went head to head in this year's competition up against uh, the Ford. 3-liter twin-turbo V6, which appears now in the Lincoln MKZ and also in the Lincoln Continental. We tested both of those also for 10 best engines. They were, they were basically running neck and neck. I mean, they were so closely aligned, you would think they were cut from the same cloth. Really smooth, uh, loved to rev high. You know, when you got really hard on the throttle, they, they, they both just breathed fire. I mean, it was really something. Um, the Q50 has less torque. Um, and it also gets better fuel economy. That was kind of the that was the the tiebreaker for us, and and that's why the Infinity made the list instead of the the Ford engine. Very interesting. Yeah, true. Let's talk Mazda CX-9 with their two and a half liter 
turbocharged four-cylinder. This is one of our mainstream engines. And Mazda is a small company, as you know. They don't have billions to spend on electrification and all these other things. What they're doing is they're really refining the combustion process. And what they did with this uh, 2.5-liter engine, their first uh, turbocharged Skyactiv engine, they've um, refined, they came up with some very clever ideas to increase combustion efficiencies, um, uh, turbocharger efficiencies, and a lot of well, geeky stuff, really. But they uh, did this great job of making this small engine power a big, you know, a good-sized CUV. And really, you'd think a, a V6 was under the hood. It gives you all the power and uh, um, uh, torque of a of a, a six in a with with a two and a half liter four cylinder, and all really with not a lot of not a lot of uh, fancy stuff, just some really creative engineering. Mm -hmm. Bob, let's jump over to Mercedes Benz C three hundred. Again, we had a lot of two-liter turbo four-cylinders in this competition. This was one of the best, and maybe the best. I, I felt like it was uh, um, kind of the sleeper because uh, it didn't have the highest horsepower. The, the torque was right there, but I got in this car, and you talk about your 100-foot or 100-yard test. When I launched it, I said, there is no way that this car, this car's specs are underrated. This is putting out far more than what these numbers say. So to me, that, that and that Mercedes refinement, so smooth, you would have thought that this was a good size V6. Now, does Mercedes have an unfair advantage? I mean, it's a more expensive car. Presumably, they could mm -hmm. spend more money on the engine. I, I wouldn't say so, because there are a lot of other four-cylinder turbos that were, you know, that were tested as well. For instance, the CX-9 is a good example. Um, and they've all dialed in the NVH pretty closely. It, it's, it's really, you know, they've damped a lot of the unpleasant noises that she used to get with direct injection and, and, and with, you know, some of the turbocharging. Um, so, no, it does, to me, it doesn't seem like an unfair advantage. But what we are seeing is Mercedes, Audi, and BMW, all three of those have amazing four-cylinder turbos in the market right now. So all three of those engines, the, you know, in the A4 and in the uh, BMW 3 Series, as well as the Mercedes, all three of those, you know, we thought, geez, are they like sharing engines? They're so closely aligned. The BMW had the best fuel economy, but Mercedes was overall... The, you know, our favorite among those three, mm. but but all really, I mean, so think of it. These are luxury, mid-sized luxury cars that are that are doing great with four cylinders. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that shows how much the industry is exactly. Changed. Yeah, and continue there, Tom. Uh, you brought it up earlier, but let's talk about that Volvo V60 Polestar. Yeah, yeah. So we had that engine on the list last year. Another two-liter turbocharged two four-cylinder four turbo, but you know, a different type of four-cylinder turbo compared to those, you know, the Germans that I just mentioned. Those are kind of luxury applications. In this case, the Volvo V60 Polestar is, you know, it feels almost like a, you know, a track-ready car. Um, some people thought that the suspension was a little bit too tight. Uh, so, you know, this is not what you expect from Volvo. You expect a safe, practical station wagon. Sedate. Well, this is, this is 181 horsepower per liter, which, like I said earlier, amazing. Um, they managed to take an engine that we had last year that was very sedate and very, very, um, very appealing for kind of everyday driving, and they just cranked it up. They put a larger turbocharger on it. Um, 
you know, change most of the engine internals to, you know, to handle all that extra horsepower and torque, um, cranked up the exhaust sound as well. And when you rev that high, it's just astounding. It's, you're thinking, wow. I mean, that engine is outpacing a lot of the V8s that are in the market today in the United States in, terms of, you know, in terms of output. And this is, again, Volvo's way of saying, we're not the Volvo that we used to be. I mean, they are, they are reinventing the brand and having this incredibly powerful engine is another way for them to, to underscore that point. But uh, the same formula, though, uh, turbo and supercharged so that you don't have any turbo lag. That supercharger is there at the low end, turbo takes yeah. over, power across the band. I think we're going to see a lot more of that coming. But one thing that's uh, noticeable uh, lacking on your, on your list, no, no diesels. Yep. Is this the end of the diesel engine, especially with the Volkswagen scandal? We tested three of them, uh, the Ram 1500 V6, which has been on our list the past three years. Still a benchmark in terms of noise attenuation and very smooth. And then we tested also the Cruze diesel, the new 1.6-liter Chevy Cruze. And then also the Jaguar 2-liter, uh, we tested it in the XE sedan. Um, and, yeah, none of those made it. Um, the, the Ram had been on the list for three years, and like, you know, as we were talking about, there's just so much new out there that we really do want to recognize the, the truly new stuff. And yet, even though the, the Ram was older, we still felt that the Ram, and, and it's easier to deal with all the noise in an engine bay the size of the Ram, you know, where you can kind of keep, keep some of the unpleasantness away from the cabin, but the, that is still benchmark uh, noise attenuation even compared to the two that we tested in the Chevy Cruze and also the Jaguar. Okay, we're, we're down to the very end. i got to ask one more, too. Why no pure battery electric? You know, why no Chevy Bolt on here? Well, the Chevy Bolt, we've got a testing uh, uh, criteria where we needed to drive it for 10 days in our daily uh, drives, and we couldn't, we couldn't get one for 10 days. Gotcha. So, but it might have made the list otherwise? Yeah, we'll we, did have a, we did have next an year. Ionic battery-only Battery electric, screaming car. Love cool. it. Good. Okay. Look, we'll do this again next year because I want to hear what you have to say about those pure electrics when you get more time to test them. But Tom Murphy, Drew Winter, Bob Gritzinger, thanks so much for explaining what Ward's Auto 10 Best Engines is all about. Thank you. And, of course, want to thank all of you for having tuned in.